What do you do when your raving fans repel your dream clients? It's a live one today. We're in it today, my friends. We're in it today. Welcome to another episode here of Business Mindset Mastery. I'm your host, Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. I say that out of habit, but (laughs) pretty soon you're not going to be able to find me at choosetohaveitall.com. I'm actually working on a a new rebrand for my business. It's still... um, It's still going to be me offering mindset and leadership coaching um, and consultation, but it's more of me, I think, is the way um, I can best organize it for you. In any case, we have a wild letter for you guys today. Um, We were really serious last week talking about boundaries and digging deep into a singular conversation, and now I return you to our regularly scheduled programming of listener questions. I put them on pause while I did a week of episodes, so now I have to catch up to my inbox a little bit and we have got a live one in it. I was surprised as I read it that I hadn't gotten this question sooner. Um, So um, let's dive in and I'll find you on the other side. Hi, Heather. I feel like a real brat for writing in with this question, but I need your gift of gab. Specifically, I need your words. I have a heavy presence on social media. I have a Facebook group, a Facebook page, and a large Instagram following. I recently launched, um, let me start that one over. I recently launched a digital course and I did not get the numbers in that I expected. I sent the why didn't you buy email and I received several versions of the same response. Several people told me that they didn't buy because they were thrown off by the vibe of other people in my audience. They found others who engaged with me to be obnoxious, childish, and too fangirly. They feared being in a group with this, these type of people and opted out. Heather, I cannot disagree. I know who these respondents are referring to, and I agree with them. They are not my buyers. They are not my people, but they are my raving fans. If I am honest, I don't want to work with them any more than those who responded to my email do, but I don't know what to say, do, or respond, so I've ignored it and avoided it. I have plans to launch something new in Q2, and now I feel hesitant and unsure, as if I suddenly don't know what to offer. Can you help? Can I have your 10 sense. I think we need more than two. Okay. (laughs) All right. Deep breath. It's all going to be okay. I've got your back. So the first thing that like, you know, kind of comes to mind to me is, you know, a reminder in the business space that if you talk to everybody, nobody knows you're talking to them. That in essence, people who are your less than ideal clients don't know they're your less than ideal clients because you've been entirely too nice, welcoming, and accommodating. So I want you to think about um, how you've been with these folks. When you say like, yes, I have to agree. They're too this, they're too that. They're not enough this, they're not enough that. Like whatever it is that repelled your dream client away. I want you to do a little bit of an inventory and I want you to see how much attention you've been giving these people. How, like if they respond to you in um, your group, um, you know, first of all, if they're applying to be in your group, do they meet the requirements? Do you have like an almost like an admissions test for your Facebook group or is anybody welcome? Um, Do they, you know, meet your criteria in terms of the type of client you want to meet? Because I think what ends up happening is that we confuse raving fan 
with the idea that we don't want everyone to rave about us. We only really want and need our ideal clients to rave about us. So, uh, you know, as I listen to your predicament here, I'm willing to bet that these people are in your Facebook group. And I was going to, and I'd be willing, you know, I'd ask you why. I'm willing to bet that these people get your likes and your engagement in response to things that they say because you don't want to be rude. I'm willing to bet that you were not specifying in your in your content, in your messaging, in how you're showing up, that you only work with the type of people who A, B, or C, that you aren't leaving them out of the equation because you don't want to hurt their feelings, you don't want to make them feel bad, you don't want to embarrass them, or you don't want to appear a certain way. So often when we attract people who are not our ideals, we have done so because we've been entirely too nice. The idea that we're going to be like a little bit like one of those sand filters um, and say like these people get to stay, everyone else has to pass through, makes us feel bad, makes us feel kind of unkind and rude and disrespectful or selfish, so we don't do it. But then as a result, we have people who are never going to buy from us or who are never going to sort of engage with us at the level that we want to engage to engage back in kind. And as I'm talking to you, I, <laughs> I'm having this vivid memory of my only, I think only, bridezilla moment I had when I was getting married. So I was getting married um, almost 10 years ago. Uh, it's going to be uh, year 10 for my husband and I this year. So almost 10 years ago, I was a blushing bride and I, um, I had this beautiful gown of course, all us brides love our, guests, our dresses, but my dress had this long, brilliantly bl navy blue train to it. It was like a blue satin um, train. So any any girly girls <laughs> who care about this um, can look up Alfred Angelo blue wedding dress and you'll probably see what I'm talking about. Um, so, and I didn't, I was an older bride, you know, I was getting married the year that some of my friends were, you know, celebrating their 10th wedding anniversary. So I didn't want a bridal party. I didn't want like a lot of people in the wedding. We only had 75 people come to the wedding. But the thing that was most important to me was that I was going to have a wedding dress that had color in it. And it was supposed to be this big secret and it was going to be this big reveal only like my best friend and my sister knew. And I was going to have my moment. And leading up to the wedding, my mother-in-law asked what my wedding colors were going to be. And I said, navy blue and silver. And then she responded that she was going to buy a navy blue dress. And when I tell you, I instantly became like the most <laughs> childish like version of myself where I was like, no, <laughs> because it has to be me. Like, this is my moment in blue. I don't want anybody else in blue. And I don't like, I don't have a bridal party. So I don't want it to look like you're in my bridal party when I haven't had any of my friends in my wedding. I only had my sister stand up for me. It was like a thousand points of no. And I was horrified because like wh what, a you know, I mean, you're, you're saying in your letter to me that like, I don't want to be a brat in 
in asking this question. I didn't want to be a brat and saying, hey, mother-in-law, you just, <laughs> you know, you just brought, bought this pretty blue dress for yourself. Um, I, you know, I don't want you to do that because like you're, you're not in the bridal party, et cetera, et cetera. Like, how do you have that conversation? So in true bridezilla fashion, <laughs> I was overdramatic and I mentioned it to a friend of mine and my friend said, she's going to be embarrassed. Um, if she shows up at the wedding and wears blue and sees that there's no bridal party and sees that like, you know, that wasn't actually the intention, like it's going to be obvious because she's not going to be in the wedding. You're going to have the blue, like you're creating a moment that she might like look or appear small. Like you have to tell her. And I remember how quickly that that picture shifted for me to like no i don't want you at this i i don't want you participating in my wedding this way but also like no i i don't want like you to be embarrassed in front of my side of the family people who don't know you people who like i don't want to make you be like the subject of gossip or the things people talk about or you know the thing people quickly quietly wonder about like no i wouldn't want that for you and you know in my friend just sort of encouraged me to talk to my mother-in-law and sort of with love say to her listen like I think you must have misunderstood like I, I it would it wouldn't be right for you to 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 be dressed in blue because you have your own role as mother of the uh, mother of the groom um, and I don't I don't want to take away from that and it felt very real. It felt very genuine. It didn't feel like manipulative you know nonsense. It felt like oh like I'm saving you from something. I want you to think a little bit about that for your audience, because these people who like you, these people who want to be near you, who love your energy, who care about you, like if they're if they're not your people, you owe it to them to to help them figure it out. And that doesn't mean that you need to blast them on social media and say, hey, to all my what did you call them? Uh, my fangirl, <laughs> fangirls, I think you called them. Like to all my fangirls, you can exit stage left. Like you don't need to do that. But what you can do is reintroduce yourself to your audience. You can say, hi, I'm so-and-so. This is what I do. This is who I serve. The ideal client for me is A, B, and C. And in that definition, like people will self-identify and then they will exit stage left. Because what's the point of them trying to follow someone just because they like you or just th because they like your energy if you're no longer going to be speaking to them? But the other thing I'm going to ask you here, and I need you to do a gut check, is how clearly are you speaking to the people who you want to find you? Have you been so afraid to say no to anybody to have any kind of gate in front of your community, in front of your following in front of anything that everybody's welcome because your ideal clients should know you're spe specifically speaking to them you need to use identifiers. You need to say like, I work with. And so for example, one of the things that I've started to say more often in my own messaging is I work with established business owners. So that for me, like weeds out the newbies, the people who don't yet have businesses, the people who don't yet um, have brands, the people who are not yet making revenue for their business, they are not going to be my people because they can't, um, they're, they're not at a place where they're prepared to invest in my services. So I can 
I can want to be nice to them. I can want to help them. But at some point in time, like I need to spend my time and energy, you know, working with the people who are at the level to raise their game, not establish their game. Because when you're establishing your game, there's too many other business strategies to learn. The mindset just gets muddled up with all of it. So what I've been saying more and more is I work with established business owners or I work with you know, businesses who are looking to take themselves to the next level. And in some of my messaging and in some of my, you know, marketing, I've been like specific around income levels. I've been specific around, you know, the like the different niches that I work with and different things like that. So that when I am talking to people, when I'm, you know, in these visibility opportunities, people know I'm talking to them. And yes, is that sometimes going to leave people by the wayside? Absolutely. Does it kind of suck and feel bad? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, we're bosses and we have a responsibility for our businesses. And if your fangirls aren't going to buy from you, you need it. You you owe it to yourself in the health of your business to find the people who will. And you need to speak to them. So what I would start thinking about is now that you have this data, now that you have the we didn't buy from you because what I would start to do is think about in your messaging for your Q2 launch, I don't think you need to create anything new. I don't think you need to create something brand spanking new. I think you need to communicate clearly to your audience. This is what I'm creating. This is who it's for. And this is who it's not for. So that people can self-select out and see that you really are talking to them. And anybody who messaged you with that feedback, I would write back and say, you're absolutely right. I failed to universally include the people meant to hear my message in my message. I don't blame you for being confused. I'm hoping I'll have a second chance at building that no like, and trust factor. I'm returning this program in the second quarter. You can expect to see emails about it and such and such. Would you like to get on the early bird list, there's going to be an application only process or there, it's only meant for people who A, B, and C. Like talk to these people and tell them and then use this example in your messaging because, you know, we just, we spent a whole week talking about this last week, but our boundaries are super important, right? Like showing people, telling people who we are so that they believe us. Like that's super important to say like, this is who I am. I need you to believe me. Like, and this is what I do, and this is how I serve. And they're not going to believe you if they see you helping the masses. So the best way to set yourself up for success is to be really clear, to make sure you are giving your ideals your time and attention, that your less than ideals, you can like them from miles away. You don't have to engage with every one of their comments. Like, you know, one of the things that um, I attended a conference this year and I, you know, somebody said something about like, let no comment go unanswered. And I'm like, oh my God, that would make me crazy. Like, I'm going to let a lot of comments go unanswered because I really like I can't keep giving energy to people who are not meant to be in my circle and that can sound as elitist as you want to tell me it is it can sound as judgmental it can sound as pretentious I can't change the way it sounds or prevent it from being true 
right? And as business owners, we need to know and sit in our truth. You know, in the way I, I, I have a hard time with this sometimes. And, you know, I think sometimes if you guys listening ever see me being muddy with my messaging, you'll see like this is why is that it feels bad. It feels hard to draw a line in the sand. But like, think about a steakhouse. Are they going to like try to get a vegan to come through their door? Are they going to try to like convince the vegetarians like, hey, we have something for you too? Or if it's in the event that the person who's having a special occasion is... (laughs) has chosen unapologetically that a steakhouse is what they want for dinner. Here's something for you. And it's about saying we celebrate steak here. We, this is our thing that we do better than anything. So if you want a salad, (laughs) unless it's probably a good wedge steakhouse salad with like really yummy blue cheese dressing, probably not the place for you, right? You have to be able to be unafraid to speak to who you want to come through your doors because a bunch of vegans coming through a steakhouse are going to leave largely dissatisfied. It doesn't work for anybody, right? That's a, I have to write that one down. That was really good. Um, but that's what we want to be thinking about as business owners. That like we can't be selling steak to vegans. We have to be selling our best, our premium products to the people who are meant to find them. And that's okay that like it's not for everybody because we don't have the bandwidth for everybody. We can't possibly serve everybody. We can only take care of the people who are meant to find us. It can be awkward. It can be uncomfortable, but it doesn't make it any less true. So I would own this as something that you need to be more transparent about and you need to be more unapologetic with. And I am going to join you in that challenge because as you see my rebrand coming, I am going to make sure that I'm putting my money where my mouth is and I am doing the same and I am in it with you, my friend. Um, thank you for this letter. It's giving me, um, it's giving me my own pause and my own. Uh, I, I think I have some work to do here as I as I talk back to you and as I reflect this for myself. I see areas for growth for myself. So thank you so much for your help and helping me think that through. That by helping you, I got to help myself a little bit too. Isn't that awesome for mindset in real time? So it wasn't an easy question to ask, but the most important questions, my friends, you are not that easy. So please take this listener's example and ask the hard questions so we can have the important conversations. It means the world to me. Find me over at heather at choose to have it all.com and I'll be talking to you again tomorrow. Thanks so much for today. Bye for now.